Well, the time has finally arrived. It is time for the Cubs Weekly Podcast, the last one of 2020, presented by Wintrust, exclusive home of Chicago Cubs checking, featuring free ATMs nationwide. Open online today at Wintrust.com slash Cubs. Now, I'm Cole Wright, as always, and I'm joined by my ace in the hole. It's our digital content manager and Cubs reporter over at Marquee Sports Network. It's our guy, Tony Andraki. And Tony, well, cue the boys to men because it is so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. And it is the end of the road for you, Darvish, and Victor Caratini in Cubby Blue because they are now members of the Swing and Friars. That's right, the San Diego Padres, those two guys involved in a seven-player deal, which sends five players headlined by Zach Davies to Chicago and the pair that we just mentioned to sunny Southern California. You Darvish and his personal valet, Victor Caratini, they're out of there. So, Tony, when you first heard that all this was going down, what was your initial reaction, man? A little bit of um, curiosity and maybe you know, plenty of questions that came with it. Um for a couple of different reasons, because if the Cubs were giving up you Darvish and we knew that that was a possibility based off of everything Theo Epstein said at the end of the year, and then the transition, obviously now to Jed Hoyer as president of baseball operations, they both indicated that kind of thing, that a move like this could be on the horizon. But initially I thought if they would get rid of Darvish, it would be for, for pitching one and for guys who might be closer to the big leagues um, as kind of a second factor too. So, yeah, I, I was a little surprised, but, you know, and I, I didn't know much about these guys. The prospects coming back in return, three of the four haven't even played professional baseball yet. So, um, you know, I thought it was interesting for sure. But, yeah, you know, listening to Jed Hoyer talk about it, and I think a couple of things that he said were really interesting. One, the fact that the, the Cubs are really happy with the level of depth that they got for the for in this deal. Four guys that they feel really good about who are all young, who are all high upside, but maybe some high risk as well associated with that. And then Zach Davies, a, a pitcher who can slot into the rotation right away and, and eat up some innings in 2021 when they obviously had a hole to fill in the rotation. So they feel good about it. They feel good about where it sets them up long term. And then another thing that Hoyer talked about that was so important is he doesn't necessarily think that this means that the Cubs window for contention is a few years down the road, because as we mentioned, all these guys are so young, just because they're 17 or 20 years old, doesn't mean that the Cubs are, are expecting their next window to be 2024 or 2025. He talked a lot about prospect currency and the yeah. possibility of trading some of these guys like we saw the Cubs do with uh, Eloy Jimenez or Glaber Torres in the past. So I, I think the fact that they're able to build up their farm system is helpful. And then they got a guy that, that replaces Darvish for this year. So it wasn't the haul that I thought if you had asked me to predict what the Cubs would have gotten for a U Darvish deal. But I think, you know, the more time I've taken since the deal, the more I understand it and, and see where the Cubs were going, where Hoyer was coming from. And Tony, I like the fact that you bring up the, the the slogan prospect currency that Jed was able to touch on, because that's what we're really looking at when you look at the hall, including Zach Davies, but more, more specifically the youngsters, the, the four pack of guys that were acquired in, in the trade for Darvish and Caratini. And, uh, you know, Jed also said that he has one eye on the present, 
one eye on the future and every good president of baseball operations. That's exactly what they do. And Jed also said that sometimes you have to make really hard decisions in this role. And from, you know, all accounts, this is the first really hard decision that Jed Hoyer has had to make in that new role as president of baseball operations after assuming that role once Theo Epstein stepped down. And the good news is, is that I was able to catch up with Jed Hoyer just a little bit after that press conference where he did make the news official that you Darvish and Victor Caratini were now members of the San Diego Padres. And uh, he gave us full disclosure. He didn't hold anything back. So have a quick listen. Now joined by the president of baseball operations for the Chicago Cubs. It's Jed Hoyer and Jed earlier in the day in your press conference where you made it official, the trade of Victor Caratini and you Darvish, you said that sometimes you have to make really hard decisions in this role. And when you talk about that role, of course, it's your role as the general manager for the Chicago Cubs and president of baseball operations. So just how hard was that decision to make to send you Darvish by possibly the best player on the Cubs roster in 2020 to San Diego? Yeah, it was really difficult. You know, I said in my intro press conference that you, know, you have to have one eye on the present and one eye on the future. And um, we've pushed so aggressively with this group uh, for six years. You know, we've traded prospects. We spent a lot of money. You know, last two years we were you know, over the luxury tax threshold. You know, we felt like um, it was the right time to kind of reset our farm system. Um, and, you know, sometimes it takes hard decisions to do that. But I think the teams that are able to do that at some point have a lot easier time transitioning from a really good core group into the next group of players. So, you know, we have certain contractual realities that we have to deal with. Um, we've had these players for now almost seven years. Um, they've achieved a lot together. but um, after six years of being completely present focused at some point, it, it comes a time to make some deals towards the future. And I think that's the, the right way to run a, a successful organization. Jed, you said that this move was not financially motivated. And at the end of the day, this is a business that you're running and you always have to have your eye on finances. Now, Darvish, he was due 23 million in 2021. Was that somewhat of a factor when you took a look at the books and said, hey, if we want to get better moving forward 2021 and beyond, we have to maybe loosen some of this up fiscally? Well, you know, the, the 2021 finances were, um, you know, a small factor, as was the, you know, the fact that he was owed 39 million for the for the other years. And I think in this business, you're always looking at, at finances to a certain extent. I mean, I think it's a, um, it's a business and, and, and guys have contracts and, and, and our job is to figure out the way to fit as much talent on the roster as possible, you know, given, you know, given a budget. And, you know, we've been fortunate to have a really big budget a lot of years, but even with that, it's still a budget and you're still trying to, trying to figure out how to fit those pieces together. And so, um, you know, the focus, the, the focus of this deal was the future. But, you know, of course, you always have one eye on the finances. I mean, that is the, the realities of a, of a business. You know, Jed, one thing that really jumped off the page to me was you highlighted prospect currency. And there's plenty of currency in this quartet of players that you're bringing in for the Chicago Cubs, a pair of shortstops, a pair of outfielders, all four of these guys with plenty of upside moving forward. Yeah, we're excited about these guys. You know, they're young um, and uh, they have some development left, certainly. I think they need to get stronger and um, we need to get them in our farm system and, uh, and work with them. Um, but I, th I think that's a, a interesting point. You think about you get guys in, in a deal and you, you want those guys to be, um, you know, big leaguers for sure. You want them to, uh, you know, come in and, and, and play really well. But the reality is, is that there's, there's, um, there is prospect currency and, you know, 
the healthiest organizations have a great farm system. They can make the deals they need to make when they need to make them. And, you know, we've done that over the last six years. At some point, you have to replenish that that farm system because there's financial currency and there's prospect currency. And the, the healthiest organizations have both those things. Absolutely. And Jed, at the end of the day, we do know that uh, it is a business, especially for you in your role as the president of baseball operations for the Cubs. But when it all is said and done with, these guys, they're people. And we know that. And you, Darvish, and Victor Caratini, they, they meant a whole lot to not just the Cubs fan base, but to the Cubs organization. So when it came to a, a parting statement or a parting conversation, either with those guys or the representation, what was it like for you? Yeah, you know, I talked to you and I talked to Vic last night. Um, you know, listen, I, I think with you, uh, we really talked about um, how well he overcame adversity. You know, I told him and I meant it. Like, I really admire what he did. You know, he came in here on a big contract. He really struggled in year one with it, with his health. And, 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 you know, just, you know, he wasn't himself. Struggled at the beginning of 2019. I think a weaker person at that point would have really, um, you know, cashed it in. I think, you know, the, the fans were sort of against him at that point. He was struggling um, to not only right the ship, but to, to rebound and, and be one of the best pitchers in baseball, you know, since the middle of last season, I think is a really amazing uh, perseverance and, and really, um, you know, personal strength by you. And I, I think we should all admire him for that. Um, he's a, a wonderful person, you know, great family um, and, and he'll be missed. And, and with Vic, you know, we traded for him in our kind of last um, rebuilding move in 2014. We, we got him from the Braves We've watched him develop, and um, you know, he's a great person. His teammates love him. And whenever you see a guy grow up right in front of your eyes, uh, it's hard to make that kind of trade because, you know, he's one of us. You know, we brought him through the system, and we, um, I feel like we had a, a really positive influence on us. Uh, and he, uh, on him, I think he had a really positive influence on us. And so um, we lost two good players, but we also lost two really good people. And there is a personal element of this job. And uh, that's the hardest part is having those conversations because you do miss them and you you want to have good people like that in your organization. Yeah, Jed, players come and players go. We know that's the never ending life cycle of a successful organization. But you also made mention of the fact that uh, the Cubs, they're coming to an end with this core group of players. We don't know when it's gonna come immediately, but when, when you think about what this group of guys was able to bring to the Chicago Cubs, especially in 2016, there has to be at least a sliver of sadness, but there also has to be some excitement as you look forward to what's next. Yeah, um, you know, I think when we sought out to, to rebuild in 2011 and 12, and you know, the whole goal was to, to, to have a group that has sustained success and could win a title, and, you know, we did that early in this run and we, we, we kept pushing to win another one. And, and that'll be the great disappointment that we'll all have is that, you know, we always you wanted to make another World Series run. We wanted to have a second ring with this group. Um, we're going to have to, you know, move forward and, and, and continue to try to win a ring uh, without all of those guys. And um, I think every one of the guys that, that's part of that group of players should be you know, unbelievably proud with what, what, what they accomplished. I mean, they changed Cubs baseball. We've, we've made the playoffs, you know, five or six years, you know, you know, three NL NLCSs, three divisions, a World Series title. Like, you know, no one had been able to accomplish what they accomplished. And, and, and nothing that we do um, will minimize that. But there's contractual and financial realities of this sport. And when you've had these guys for seven years, 
as they get in their late 20s and early 30s, you have to make hard decisions and they have to make hard decisions for themselves and, and what they want in a future contract and where they want to go. So um, this is no secret. We've been been staring at this for a while. We've been talking about this for a while. And the fact is we're here now. And now that we're here now, we have to make some hard decisions. Jed, one thing also that I really noticed in your uh, your press conference was that you said value is derived in many different ways. Now, there's no way to put a price tag on what you, Darvish, and Victor Caratini were able to bring the Chicago Cubs. But when you look at their value immediately and the value of Zach Davies and the four prospects, how can you maybe differentiate between the pair? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that right now um, the Padres are in the exact same position that we were in 2015 where um, they are – at the precipice of what I think is a, a really special run. Um, and they've got, you know, really good young players that are, are in the pre-arbitration phase. Um, you know, they got, you know, one of the best players in baseball in, in Tatis um, in that situation right now. And so, you know, our most success was packing the roster with talent when our young players like, you know, the, the Bryans and, and, and the Rizzos and the Baezes and Russells were, were, were pre-arbitration. And so that's where they are right now. We're at a different part of of our life cycle because we've gone through um that phase and i think that you know the padres would kill to have you know the success that we've had during that phase now we're at the end of it and so we need to derive value in different ways and i think that you know zach davies is a really good major league pitcher mm -hmm. and uh we really like those four prospects and we need to really build up our prospect currency because um I think when you're at your healthiest you've got you know prospect currency and you've got you know financial you know you've got financial currency and um, we've had really good financial currency thanks to the Ricketts. But as this, this wave has gone on and as we've traded prospects, that prospect currency has dwindled. And, and at some point in time, you have to replenish that, that prospect currency to be a really healthy organization. Now, Jed, you talked about Miguel Amaya and some of the guys that are on the horizon. But you also said that Amaya, not quite big league ready, despite the fact that catching is the team strength of the Chicago Cubs. Now, there have been reports out there that have Wilson Contreras being shopped heavily, and you deem those reports as fictional. What more can you tell us about that? Yeah, what I was really saying was fictional. Was that you know there was a there was a um, intimation that we were close on a deal for Wilson, and you know, that that part that part's not accurate. You know, um, I think Wilson's one of the you know top handful of catchers in baseball, and and we're fortunate to have him. And you know, we are in a situation that you know we are willing to talk about um, the players on our roster in trade. We were always open to that. Um, and so that that's not really newsworthy, but I did think it was important to say that you know we're not we're not close on anything, and and, and we love you know we love having Wilson Contreras, and I didn't want to uh, you know I didn't want people to think that you know there was a, another deal that was imminent. Um, as far as Amaya goes, um, you know we didn't have a, a real 2020 season, and you know he's playing really well in winter ball, but um, you know there's seasoning left for him, there's development left for him, and he's a catcher, and I think that especially with catchers, you want to um, be patient. You want to make sure that um, they do a lot of development at the minor league level, because when they get here, not only do they have to, you know, hit and play defense, but they also have to be a leader. They have to, you know, work with the pitchers. And so it's a, it's a different responsibility as a catcher, and you have to really make sure those guys are ready. Now, Jed, let's get back to some of the youngsters that you got in this hall, all of them 20 or younger. And you said that you're really looking – to help jumpstart the farm system. Now, when it comes to the minor leagues in 2021, can you give us a more clear picture of what it's actually going to look like this year? As far as, uh, as far as, um, you know, schedule? Absolutely. 
Yeah, I mean, right now we're still waiting. I think the minor leagues right now is, um, you know, we're still trying to determine exactly what the season is going to look like, just like we are at the big league level. You know, one of the things we're most excited about, um, you know, we, we love our, our, our new player development uh, structure. I think that in high performance and I think in the minor leagues, uh, we're in a great position to, to get the most out of players like this. Um, I wish we knew what the season was going to look like, when we'd start games, how many games. Um, that's just one of the many uncertainties of, of this year. But um, I know that you know very soon, very quickly, we'll start to, you know, to work with these players. We'll start to to get to know them, and um, just like the players in our system now, I think they're in they're in fantastic hands with our our hitting development, our pitching development, and then our our ability to um, make sure that these athletes are are as healthy as possible. So. Um, you know, we're excited about where things are in player development. And then this group of four players only adds to that. Now, Jed, you made the move sending you Darvish to San Diego with the belief that this 2021 Cubs team will still be able to compete for division title. Is that the goal right now for the Cubs to be the National League Central champs in back-to-back seasons in 2021? Yeah, I think we I think we have a really good team uh, still. I think we have some holes we have to fill, and, I, and we're not blind to, uh, to those things. But, you know, certainly – when I look at the talent on our roster, I don't see any reason why we can't compete in this division and, and have a chance to win this division. And, um, you know, I think that's, that's going to be the goal. Um, we have to find ways to, to fill those holes that we do have. And we have a, you know, it's not even January yet. we got plenty of time to, to go out and do that. So uh, that's my expectation. And, and I don't see any reason why we can't compete in this division. Now, if we were to take a page from the football world, once upon a time, Bill Parcells said, uh, if you want the guy to cook up a nice meal, you have to let him do a little bit of that grocery shopping. Right now, you're doing all the grocery shopping for David Ross. And what have your conversations been like with David Ross, especially when you were dealing as a uh, number one pitcher, you Darvish to San Diego? Yeah, I talk to Rossi, you know, uh, almost every day. And, uh, you know, he, he understands, you know, I think we, um, when, when he interviewed, interviewed for the job, we, we talked to him about, you know, um, the realities of, of our contractual situation with our, with our players and the fact that, you know, um, you know we, we were going to keep an eye on the future. And, and he understands that. I think he knows that we view him um, as a long-term manager of the Cubs. This is not, you know, you know strictly short-term. This is a, a long-term relationship with us and, and with David Ross. And I think we're so fortunate to have a, a manager like him. So, you know, he understands that you know, that every, you know, there's going to be moves we're going to make for the future and there's going to be moves we're going to make for the present. And, um, you know, he's really supportive of that. And, uh, you know, I think as those young guys start coming up, um, you know, through our system and they get to the, the big leagues, I think Rossi will have an, an amazing influence on making them you know, even better big leaguers. Without a doubt. Now, Jed, there's moves for the present and there's moves for the future. But when do those moves for the future get this Chicago Cubs team back in the fall classic is, is a world series within a, a two, potentially a four year window. Is that realistic right now for you? Yeah, you know, it's hard to say, but I, I would just say that, you know, when people look at a rebuild, like I, we, we don't view the situation as anything like what we were like in, in 2011 or 12, you know, we did a full rebuild at that point. We, we lost a ton of games and we were really transparent about what we were trying to do. And, you know, that, you know, style of rebuild is not something we're interested in. You know, we have the bones of a, of a very good team. We need to make some additions to that team. Um, but, yeah, the goal is is to, to feel like you can ask the question about championships and not the division. And, you know, I think it's – I don't want to make predictions, but I do feel like, um, you know, this is a, a crown jewel organization with, with uh, you know, resources that, you know, we're going to have, you know, financial flexibility. We're going to have – 
uh, tremendous uh, prospect currency. And I think when we get to that point, um, that's when the Cubs are really powerful and they have, you know, uh, financial freedom, um, you know, and they have uh, prospect <clears throat> capital. I think when those two things come together, that's a really po- a powerful combination. I think we saw that uh, in 2015 and we we're able to, to really capitalize on that. And that's really um, that moment in time of, of 2015 for us or where the Padres are right now. That's ultimately the, the place that we're trying to get to. Um, and I think when we get there in our division, I think we're just an incredibly powerful force to, to compete against. Jed, let's keep our eye on the future because KB and Javi, both arbitration eligible and both of those guys become free agents at the end of 2021, if I'm not mistaken. So when it comes to conversations with the shortstop and the third baseman, how have they been for you so far? Uh, you know, they've been good. You know, I, I think we've, we've got an open uh, you know, line of dialogue with their agents. And I think I said earlier, like, I, don't, I can't exactly say when you know, we'll have, you know, um, you know, sub- substantive uh, conversations. I think right now there's a lot of uncertainty, um, you know, with the market. There's a lot of uncertainty with how many games we're going to play. You know, what thing, you know, we're still in the middle of a, of a pandemic. So, you know, right now, um, you know, we're not in active conversations where I would say that um, we're in constant communication with our agents and, and we're, we're, we know I think they know how we feel about them. But as far as, you know, active, you know, long-term deal discussions. I think on both sides, there's enough uncertainty that that's probably something that'll be, um, we'll wait until there's a little bit more, um, you know, knowledge about our situation, I'd, I'd say, before we really move forward. Now, Jed, it's undeniable the pandemic has had a chokehold on Major League Baseball for all 30 teams. Now, when it comes to the Chicago Cubs squad, you're still on the hunt for that general manager. But for those who weren't able to tune in to your press conference earlier in the day, you said you're putting that search on hold. And once again, it all circles back to COVID-19. Yeah, I just want to wait so I can run a search that I feel like is appropriate for the job. And I want to be able to meet with people in person and you know, fly in their family and, and feel like I really get to know them. And I don't believe that um, a Zoom call or phone calls is, is the right way to, to do that. So I want to wait until we get through this, which, you know, hopefully with the, the vaccine and hopefully, you know, we're, we're, um, we have the light at the end of the tunnel and we can get to that point. And once we get there, I look forward to, you know, running a, a proper process. But I, the more I thought about it, the more I felt like this is the, the wrong time to do this. Let's wait until I can do it the right way. You know, once, and once we can do that, I, I look forward to bringing someone on board. Well, 2020 has been chock full of important decisions. And Jed Hoyer, he just made his first one as the president of baseball operations for the Chicago Cubs. It's a deal that's sending you, Darvish, and Victor Caratini to San Diego for five players headlined by Zach Davies and four prospects. Jed, always a pleasure catching up with you. Hopefully, 2021 has a whole lot more promise to bring than 2020. Hopefully, another Cub division title and a run at a commissioner's trophy. Thanks so much for the time, as always, Jed. Hey, thank you, Cole. Uh, Happy New Year's and uh, stay safe. Great stuff right there by the president of baseball operations for the Cubs, Jed Hoyer. And, you know, one thing that is is something that jumps off the page, at least to me, Tony, is the fact that Jed said this was not financially motivated. At the end of the day, this is a business and you always have to have your eye on the finances. And, you know, as cliche as it sounds, all good things must come to an end. I mean, how many lifers are there on a team? That's a player that spends their entire career with one squad. I mean, if we had to go on guys that have spent their entire career over a decade long with one team, I mean, how often do you have that per generation? What is it? Maybe five to 
10 players, maybe seven if I had to go out there on a limb. So to sit there and say that you Darvish should be a Cub for the rest of his career, I don't think that's something we would ever see. Yeah, and especially considering the rest of his career is probably only a few more years. This is a guy who is 34. He'll be 35 midway through the 2021 season in August. So who knows exactly how, how many years he has left to pitch and how many years he has left to pitch as a, as a co-ace or um, at the top of his level, too. So it is difficult. And look, I understand where Cubs fans are coming from. I understand any frustration. Darvish, the way he has worked back after that tough first year in Chicago and, and became such an integral part of this team, of this rotation, he really endeared himself to the fan base. And, yeah. and it's a tough move. It's a tough decision for Jed to make and the rest of the Cubs front office. It's tough for Cubs fans to take. Um, I, I do get it all. But like you said, Cole, it, it is a business, too. And if this is a move that Jed and the Cubs think can set them up for the future, then let's judge it fully then. I mean, here we are at the last couple of days of 2020. We're not going to accurately be able to say this was a good move. This was a bad move, yeah. whatever else. It's going to take years and years for this. And if if this helps out the Cubs long term, like would fans take, say, two of these guys, these prospects, maybe going in a deal that nets them a huge piece a year or two or three down the road that helps lead to another World Series championship or a perennial NLCS contender. I, I think the Cubs fans would take that. I think, you know, it's the same kind of thing with the future of Chris Bryant or Contreras, as you mentioned, his name is thrown out in, in trade rumors. So it all kind of works into there. And, and it's just more than the 2021 season that Jed is looking at. And like he said, for the first time, he's He's thinking more about the future than the Cubs have been doing really for the last six years. Yeah, Tony, you brought up how endearing you Darvish was to fans in the Chicagoland area. And I think a lot of that came from his influence right there on social media. He was always engaging, but another term of endearment had to be the way he pitched every fifth day. You know, the guy's going to go out there. He's going to bust you in on the hands, 97, 98. He's going to lean on that cut fastball. And more times than not, he's going to come away with a win. At least that's what we've seen the back half of 2019 and almost all of 2020. Now, when it comes to who we're getting in return. I, I say we, like I'm, I'm a part of this Cubs team. Like I'm sitting right next to David Ross in the dugout, helping him make out that lineup one through nine. But Zach Davies, he comes over in the deal, headlining the, you know, the five pack of players. But when you take a look initially, you're like, oh, Zach Davies for you, Darvish, and then four prospects. But uh, Zach Davies last year, seven and four, just one win off the pace of you, Darvish. And for these four prospects, well, we talked about it just a little bit ago, all of them 20 years or younger, and for the lowdown on all four of these guys, who we bring in? Well, friend of Marquee Network, MLB Pipeline senior writer Jim Callis. He's going to give us the goods on each and every single one of them. It's a quartet, Jim. Where should we begin? How about the young shortstop Reginald Preciado? What do you have for us? Yeah, he, he's real interesting. Uh, he's signed for 1.3 million out of Panama. It was a Panamanian record for bonus. Uh, part of the 2019 international crop, so he's not made his pro debut yet. But he's a switch hitter. He's got field to hit. He's got power potential. Probably more from the right side. Um, you know, pretty big kid. He's six foot four. I think once he fills out, you may see him slide over from shortstop to third base. In which case, he would be the best third base prospect in the Cubs system. So really interesting guy. You know, very highly regarded on the international market and back in 2019. All right, Jim, next up, Owen Kaisi, an outfielder. Some have compared him to a young Larry Walker. Yeah, you know, I, I really liked Owen Kaisi in this year's draft. You know, that, that Larry Walker comparison kind of comes because they're both Canadian, but you, you can see it. I mean, he, he's big, he's physical, he runs really well for his size. He's got big left-handed power potential. 
you know, he's got the classic right field arm. So I'm not, I'm not ready to put him in the Hall of Fame yet, Cole, but I can see you know, with the tools and the Canadian background, you can draw that Larry Walker parallel. He's, he's really, really interesting. You can make a case that, you know, in a year or so, he might be the best outfield prospect in the Cubs system. Uh, he, he's got a lot of upside. Okay, let's keep it rolling with the outfielders. Ismail Mena, what more can you tell us about this youngster? I think Mena becomes the best center field prospect in the Cubs system. Uh, he's got well above average speed, signed for $2.2 million out of the Dominican Republic, also part of that 2019 international class with Preciado. He's got a chance to hit for average and power from the left side of the plate. He's also got a strong arm, so you could probably play him anywhere in the outfield. Again, I mean, another super young guy with upside. None of these three guys, the first three guys we just talked about, has yet to make their pro debut because of the pandemic. So uh, they'll all make their pro debut as Cubs. Okay, another guy, Jim, that's part of the youth movement for Jed Hoyer and the Cubs. It's Jason Santana, another shortstop slash athlete, because we know that Jed's stockpiling talent right now. Yeah, you can never have too many shortstops, and you can move them all over the place. You know, Santana's a guy who signed for three hundred thousand out of the Dominican Republic back in two thousand seventeen. So he's actually made his pro debut. When we last saw him, he was hitting 346 with an ops over 900 in the, in the rookie level Arizona League a couple of years ago. He, he's twitchy shortstop. He's got a chance to hit for average. He's got solid speed, some like sneaky pop. You know, he, he's not that dissimilar from Ed Howard, who was the Cubs first round pick this year. Absolutely. Now, Jim, what about the international signing period? That's January 15th. It's right around the corner. And how will that play a part in how the Cubs moved forward in 2021? Yeah, the, you know, the international market is yet another thing that was affected by COVID this year. Usually the signings start in July. This year they were they were pushed from July of 2020. It'll be January 15th, 2021. The Cubs are going to make a big splash there. They've, they've been linked to Christian Hernandez, Dominican shortstop. It, it's funny, I, we have it on the graphic too. You can't talk about Christian Hernandez, Cole, without comparing him to a young Alex Rodriguez or Manny Machado. There's no pressure on this kid, but he's got a chance to hit for average and power, physical, Solid runner, speed, arm, defense. I mean, he's got a chance to be a pretty interesting guy. So there'll be another impact shortstop they add to the organization when you can officially sign those guys starting on January 15th. He'll be a nice addition. Yeah, Manny Machado and Alex Rodriguez, those are some pretty big expectations. And speaking of expectations, Braylon Marquez and Miguel Amaya, we know the upside for these guys. So can you give us a projection? When will we see them with the big club? Yeah, you know, it's such an interesting question because if you'd asked me this question a year ago and we had a normal season, it would have been easy answer 2021. But because of the pandemic, we didn't have a minor league season. Neither one of these guys has played higher than high A with the exception of Marquez, who, who pitched on the final day of the regular season. You know, Marquez, he's got the fastball. He's got the breaking ball. It's a matter of putting together the control and the changeup, which were really coming on at the end of 2019. I could still see him appearing in 2021 because pitchers kind of move at their own pace. You know, whereas Miguel Amaya, who's got a chance to be a solid defender and, and, and a pretty good hitter too, you know, hit enough to be a regular. And I think maybe the defense maybe stands out a little bit to me more than the bat right now. He really needs that bat. So like with him losing an entire season, you know, and you can't quite make that up in alternative camp or instructional league. It's not the same, you know, as getting 400 at bats or so. He might be 2022 to, to be realistic. And, you know, again, I mean, that might be realistic, you know, for Marquez also just because he didn't get to pitch much last year. That's Jim Callis of MLB Pipeline giving us the goods on the four prospects the Cubs received in addition to Zach Davies for you, Darvish, and Victor Caratini. Uh, Jim, it's always a pleasure seeing you. Happy New Year, man. Yeah, Happy New Year, Cole. Take care.
All right, Tony, prospect currency, that seems to be the key word of the day. And uh, Jed made mention that the four players that he got as prospect currency, their path through the minors and their time horizon, not necessarily indicative of the Cubs time horizon, which means that the Cubs, they could compete for not only the division, but for a commissioner's trophy immediately, if not soon. And these guys, they may not even play a factor in this or they may. Yeah, time will definitely tell. And Cole, maybe in a podcast in the end of 2023, we'll be able we'll have a more accurate picture of this. But it, it's really going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Right now, all four of these guys, maybe they come in, you know, mid 2021. They're somewhere in the middle of the top 10 or back end of the top 10 in the Cubs system. So, yeah, the fact that they are all hitters um, is something that given the Cubs need for pitching long-term and controllable pitching assets, uh, you know, it's something that they're still going to have to address that Jed is still going to have to, to get the young pitchers coming up and, and especially hitting on guys like Braylon Marquez and stuff too. So let's see what happens in, in the rest of the moves that Jed makes this winter and see how 2021 plays out because the division is nobody seems like they're going for it right now. The Cardinal Reds, None of these teams seem like they're going all in in 2021. So I know just winning in division, the expectations are higher than that. The Cubs have those, the, the higher expectations fans obviously do as well, but competing in a division is one thing. You know, a lot of times you just get into that tournament, that postseason tournament, see what happens if you get hot at the right time. So I, I think the Cubs still, they, they, as it lays out right now, they certainly have a path to do that in 2021. Obviously they need to add more pitching after getting rid of Darvish. And then let's see, and, and let's see, you know, how these prospects develop once minor league baseball actually gets back to being played next year. Well, Tony, like you said, hopefully we're sitting here in 2023 at year's end doing a podcast with uh, Cubs 2023 World Series champions hoodies on. And, and I won't be wearing a suit after getting off of an interview with Jed <laughs> Hoyer. We'll be very casual after we talk about that second World Series in seven years that comes through the north side. And uh, it's, you know, it's, it's always good to have hope. And that's exactly what this deal has instilled in the Chicago Cubs faithful with these four prospects. Anything is possible, especially with this youth movement in the Cubs franchise organization. And uh, that's going to do it for this edition of the Cubs weekly podcast presented by Win Trust. And as always, don't forget to download and subscribe to the pod on Spotify or Apple podcast or wherever you get your pods. Maybe it's one of those bootleg streaming services. I, I, I don't know. You do what you do, but either way, Everyone out there, have a happy new year. For Tony Andraki, I'm Cole Wright. We'll see you next time.